Coming in with Nystrom. Tonelli to Nystrom. He scores! Bob Nystrom scores the goal. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup. He scores! Brock Nelson, his first National Hockey League goal. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. My name's Carter, and man, it has been a while since we've recorded a uh, an episode, I should say. Um, I believe our last episode was sometime in late July, so it's been a little bit, but, you know, we have a lot to get into, and I'm going to make it a little bit, um, you know, more brief than I normally would. Mainly because I don't know if you noticed by the title of this episode, but we have an interview for you today. The first time in Four Stripes on Ice history we've had that. We'll get into that in a little bit, but for now, just want to bring you some updates. So uh, at the time that I'm recording this, it is currently around 1230 on November 20th, 2021. I'm not sure if you've heard. Um, maybe you've heard a few rumors here and there, but the Islanders are opening a new arena today. UBS Arena will finally host a hockey game tonight. and. Let me just say, this is such a massive moment for the franchise. This is the first true home that the Islanders have had since probably moving out of Nassau Coliseum before the whole Barclays Center era. Um, So to see them finally get their own arena specifically built for them, um, it's just super cool. I mean, I actually wrote a piece for this in my... um, I'm one of the uh, editors for my school paper, and I actually wrote a piece about this. So, um, you know, it was cool getting into, you know, to dive into that a little bit. Uh, It's actually close to four years ago today. It'll be four years ago in about a month, uh, December 20th, uh, December 20th, excuse me, uh, 2017 was when the bid was announced that the Islanders had beat out NYCFC to build an uh, arena at Belmont Park. And yeah, now the dream finally becomes a reality. So by the way, just a little, another little self promo here. I will also have an article coming out on that for the hockey hound. So if you guys want to check out my personal Twitter at cbentavenga14, you can go ahead and check that out. I interviewed a few fans for that, including our own Danny Shea. So yeah, if you guys want to go check that out, that should be up fairly soon. Um, Just another little update for you guys here. Anders Lee and Ross Johnston, Looks like they won't be able to play tonight. Uh, they got placed on the COVID protocol earlier in the week. Um, and all this news comes after Josh Bailey wound up testing positive after, I believe it was the Tampa Bay Lightning game on Monday. Um, so, yeah, that let me just point out, that just sucks to see the fact that uh, Andersley and Josh Bailey won't be able to go tonight, especially considering, you know, Josh Bailey, he's nearly played a thousand games for this franchise. He means so much to this team, even though a lot of fans like to rip on him for certain stuff. And obviously with Andrews Lee, you know, being one of the, you know, the heart and soul guys in the locker room as the captain, it just sucks to see these two not being able to open up an arena that the Islanders have been waiting such a long time for. So um, we're definitely hoping for the best for Bailey. Hopefully he can come back on the ice soon. Uh, same thing goes to Anders Lee and Ross Johnston. Um, and we're also hoping that it hasn't spread to the rest of the team yet. Um, just another update per Arthur Staple. Richard Ponick has been recalled from Bridgeport. I personally would like to see Anatoly Goloshev come up. 
Uh, Staple has said that there might be other players on the way, but that's not confirmed yet. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. If you guys want to get all of the latest updates and stuff like that, go follow our Instagram at Four Stripes on Ice. Um, the teams also postponed their morning uh, media availability today to 4.30 p.m. And it's on Zoom only, which is a little bit um, out of the ordinary. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Um, and one last piece of information that I want to get to. This is a quote coming from a former Islander. Uh, some of you might not be too fond of him anymore, and that's okay. But I'll go ahead and share the quote anyway. Quote, it's tremendous for the franchise and the fan base. It's something that's been kind of hanging over them for a long time. Not only is it a new building, it's their building and comes with a contending team, a really good team, end quote. That is former Islanders captain and Islander villain, I guess, to most, uh, John Tavares on the opening of UBS Arena. So without further ado, I'm sure you saw the headline already, but we got the chance to interview Bathtub Jake today. That was a, it actually wasn't today. It was a few days ago. My apologies. Um, that was really, really fun. So without further ado, I will stop babbling on for now. Let's send it over to the guys to Bathtub Jake. We now welcome on a very special guest to the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. You may know him on Instagram. You may know him on Twitter. If you're an Islander fan, you know who this guy is. Bathtub Jake has joined the program. Jake, thank you for joining us, man. Welcome to the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. For sure, guys. It's great to be here. Uh, very excited to talk some Isles, as always. So I'm just going to ask you the basic question right away. The Pelic Posse, you started it. It's huge now. How did you start it? When did it become a thing? And how, did you ever expect it to get as big as it possibly is now? So it really started, uh, I, I was always talking about Pelic on my personal account and uh, just talking about how he was becoming a real solid, well-rounded defender. And me and a couple of buddies were at a game in March of 2019, and we were just, just everything he did, we would just stand up and clap for it. We would just scream Pelic poke. And we would just chant. It was just literally three guys in like second or front row just chanting Adam Pellick all night long. And some lady was like, you guys should call yourselves the Pellick Posse. So I just kind of ran with that. And uh, it really started to take off after he got hurt in 2019. And people, fans really started to realize how good and how important he was to the team. And since then, it's just grown beyond what I wanted to. The, the pandemic gave me a lot of time to work on content and work on outreach and all those kind of things. And yeah, I, I expected to have fun with it. I expected it to last a little while. I expected it to be mostly jokes. But um, the, the, it was never a joke that I loved Pelic and thought he was great. But I thought it was mostly just going to be a way for me to you know joke around about my team. But it became a legitimate movement. And we have some big things in the works. Jake, I just want to ask you a question about the whole um, Pelic Posse thing. Uh, more about, was there something about Adam Pelic that really drew you to him at first? Or was it just kind of, you know, you just happened to pick a random player on the team that you, you know, you noticed over the course of the, of the season? Uh, it was just, he just started becoming super solid. And uh, it really, I, he had a really bad turnover in a December game against Ottawa. I remember he just handed it to Mark Stone right in front of the net, and he scored. And it seemed like after that, something just clicked in him, and he was like, I'm not going to be that guy anymore. And he was the scapegoat under um, under Garth Snow and Doug Waite. So it was just kind of a nice change to see. And 
you know, I was picking up on it. My friends were picking up on it. We were talking about it, how good he was. And, you know, he was just playing that you know, same shutdown roles he plays now, you know, the, the zone denials, the pinches, those kind of things, they were all growing and developing and nobody was really talking about it. So I figured I might as well. Was there like a, well, I guess the question I have for you is why bathtub Jake specifically? Like what made you be synonymous with the name? I know for people that don't know who followed you on Instagram, you had some videos of you singing in the bathtub, but why? Why that specifically? Well, it actually started when Tavares left the team and Drive for Five, another Instagram account that uh, covers the Islanders, used to do a lot of live streams, like probably weekly, and he would invite guests on. And I was in the bath at the time, and I didn't want to like miss the chance to talk about it, so I joined. And everybody in the comments was like, "What? What is going on? Like, why is this guy just yelling about the Islanders from the bathtub?" And I was like, all right, I'm going to go with this. And it became pretty funny. It was like, it originally started as Bath Time Jake with uh, my personal account. And then David, who owns Drive for Five, just started calling it Bath Tub Jake. And that's when I decided to just make the account and run with it. And I have made videos here and there from the bathtub. And I am looking to get back into it when I'm home for uh, the holiday break. So the 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 reason why I'm called Bath Tub Jake will, will be... Uh, Evident again soon. So when you saw that um, Pellick this offseason was extended, he got that eight-year 5.75 extension. Were you more so thinking of that extension as like, yeah, like, great, he stay, he's here to stay, great shutdown defensive for the team? Or did you ever have the thought of like, wow, I can, I can grow this account and grow my following and grow my brand, so to speak, more than it already has grown? That's a really good question. It was definitely a mix of both, but I would say more so I was happy for the team because I really didn't think he was leaving. I, I never did. I always thought I was going to have more time to do this. I, and, you know, at least like a few more years, eight years is obviously fantastic. I don't know what the future holds, but, you know, who knows? Maybe there will still be a Pelic Posse in eight years. But, you know, I was definitely excited that he, he came on for such a good deal. We, we saw the deals that defensemen were getting. Um, you know, guys like Seth Jones and Zach Lorensky and Darnell Nurse. And it started to become a little like daunting whether Pellick would sign a team-friendly deal, and he ended up doing it. And that's what I was most excited about. And the term, obviously, is great for both the team and me. But I think I was definitely in a, in a team mindset first because I never thought he was going. But I remember I was, I was asleep when the contract signed, and my brother just was calling my phone over and over again. He ended up having to call my mom, who had to come into my room and wake me up to tell me Adam Pellick resigned. I had a, I had posts already ready to go, and templates already ready to go. So I just fired away, and that was a really, really fun day. And um, we immediately got to talking. Me and a couple guys that I kind of have like helping me handle all this stuff uh, started getting more things in the works, and uh, obviously now we have the uh, outing coming. I just have a, I have another question for you about kind of the growth of Bathtub Jake on Instagram. I mean, obviously over the years, um, you know, your account's been recognized on some of the bigger platforms on social media. Uh, I know the Islanders team page has, um, you know, put you in certain graphics and stuff like that. Uh, NHL and NBC's interacted with the Pelic Posse a few times. And I, I want to say the league's main account um, has done the same. And again, obviously we all know about, uh, like I know Ryan Pollock has mentioned it in um 
in certain interviews. Same with Barzell. Uh, Barry Trotz mentioned you in an uh, in an interview recently, which is pretty cool to see. You know, what is it like for you to see your brand being recognized not only from the Islanders themselves, but league wide, really? It really is what I always wanted, and it never fails to like just make me so happy and make me so grateful because it really is all about. The from the moment of its conception, it was all about you know getting recognition towards a player that wasn't well recognized, and it's largely that kind of job has been done. I mean, we see the way people talk about him. Pierre Maguire, you know, NBC uh, color commentator last year, just constantly talked about how great Pelic was. Analysts talk about how great Pelic was. His contract was praised league wide. NHL even posted about the extension, which, I mean, they obviously didn't post about the extension of him from, like, 2016. So, um, yeah, it really is. It, it's a, you know, it feels like a validation of my efforts. I don't know how much of an impact I've had on him being recognized, like, by the, you know, important people in the league, I want to say, the people who, like, make decisions and stuff. But um, as far as fans, I definitely think that I've had an impact. And it's really cool to see fans of other teams say things like, uh, you know, I didn't realize how great he was until I saw your videos. I thought, it, you know, it's just a joke. But no, it's it's always been about this. And when I hear like people like Pollock and Barzi and, and Trotz, you know, mention, you know, things that I've said about Pelic and even like the words Pelic Posse, it's, it's just like always surreal to me. And no matter how many more times it might happen, it, it always is going to give me a shock and, and make me just like super grateful, kind of pull back and realize that this has been like, three years in the making and and it's been more than I ever wanted or more than I ever dreamed. So my question for you now, I've been brainstorming past few months ever since I heard about the Pelic Posse. Would you be open to an expansion of the Pelic Posse brand into branching out to other players, such as of course the Mayfield maniacs? Have you ever considered doing like another step up with another type of, of uh, another Islanders player? The closest I would do is Polak, and I have sort of with the whole PMP security thing, and I include a lot of Polak in my highlight videos just because, like, prior to this season, it was like you can't have one without the other, and they're such a dynamic duo, and in my opinion, the best defensive pair in the league last year, at the very least, the best shutdown pair, and so I've always, I've loved, I've loved both forever, and, um, it's just tough because it is. It does take up a lot of my time making content, and obviously the highlight videos are actually, you know, they they are they are long affairs, and I do them while watching the games, and I save all these videos. And lately, since they have been winning, I haven't been able to use them. But um, I, I take any opportunity to to talk about you know, uh, great players that are doing great things, and I try my best to cover Pollock as best as I can too. And Mayfield's another guy I really love and is very underappreciated too. So. It's really the uh, the blue liners for me that I like to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think it would just be too much to uh, extend the brand to, you know, like a, a Pollock Posse 2 or a Mayfield Maniacs or the Dobby Lobby, if you will. But um, uh, for now, it's just, it's just the Pellick Posse. Maybe uh, we can get some other people, some affiliates. That would be pretty cool. But uh, for now, I'll stick with Pellick at least until um, at least until our outing is over and maybe we can... Uh, work on some stuff after that to expand the brand. Yeah, so you just mentioned uh, for the second time here, the outing that you're running and the fact that you've grown this to a point where you can have an outing where you're going to have people come sit with you and 
have an actual Pelic posse in UBS. How exciting is that for you? And how many other new opportunities are you looking at possibly in the next uh, or the foreseeable future here to be able to grow the brand more and be able to incorporate the fans more? And just how important are the fans in creating the Pelic Posse and growing this thing that is Bathtub Jake and the Pelic Posse? I mean, fans, followers, whatever you want to call them, the Pelic Posse, they have been so huge in all this. And I really started to realize it when Pellet got hurt and we did a get well card for him. And the first one we did had like 150 messages and it was just a big card, like one of those jumbo sized ones. And we sent it to him. And then at the end of the postseason run, we did like a thank you, uh, you know, cause he broke his wrist in game six, just played like 30 minutes with it. And um, after that, we did another, we did a big get well, thank you poster. And that had like almost 300 messages. And it really was like, then I was like, all right, we have to do something like big soon. And an outing was always in, in the back of my head for a long, long time. But with the pandemic and last season being limited attendance pretty much until the playoffs, there were no opportunities to do that. So, you know, once the season, you know, a few weeks before the season started this year, I talked to Drive for Five and I was like, this is something we've been talking about for a long time. Let's just let's get this rolling. Uh, talk to a ticket rep, and we expected. You know, we were like, let's hope for fifty people. You know, fifty is all we need to, you know, have a decent presence. We'll give out the Pelic heads to everybody. People will be waving around Pelic cardboard heads for a few hours. It'll be great. We got a picture on the ice after, and we had fifty by the end of day one, and we finished with two hundred and ten people, and we had to tell a lot, a lot of people that we were sold out. So. I don't even I, I we probably could have hit like 250 to 300 guests if we kept on going and, and had the space for that for that for that. But um, for now, it's 210 people in like 313, 314 and a, a few sections surrounding it. And, you know, we plan to just go crazy for Pelic all night. We're going to think of some chants and songs to do and just make it really bizarre and funny and, and a night to remember. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have two tickets secured to that game already. So shout out Jordan if you're uh, if you're listening to this, uh, gonna have a fun time with the Pelic Posse on January 21st, I believe, against the Coyotes. That, that is it. Yeah, we uh, we tried to pick a team that hopefully the Islanders would beat, but uh, it's it's not a guarantee anymore. Nowadays, nothing's a guarantee. But I actually want to touch quickly on the Pelic heads. I understand. It didn't actually start with Pelic in terms of creating these cardboard cutout heads, and uh, Danny's going to be thrilled to hear this. But I think it started with Leo Komarov. Can you can you explain that a bit? Jesus Christ, we love Leo. All my homies love Leo. I just say it. Thank Sorry. God. See ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely started with Uncle Leo. Um, you know, he he really like got off to a great start with us in in uh, the fall of 2018 when he joined the team. I actually really liked him on the Leafs. You know, he was one of those one of those underrated guys that I, I like. And, um, you know, he was never a big numbers guy, but good penalty killer, hard worker, all those kind of things that people refer to as intangibles. But, um, yeah, I just wanted something to draw attention. And he was kind of like an out there player to begin with. So the, the cardboard head started with Leo Komarov. It got a ton of attention. We would walk around the concourse chanting Uncle Leo. I had an Uncle Leo jersey and I just kind of would – would just do that for a while. Um, got some other cardboard heads too. I, I got a Boychuk one, Beauvillier, and we would um, 
we had, we would bring them to games and stuff. And my friends and I, we'd all like put them against the glass. And we started getting on uh, TV and, and and Instagram then actually. And then by midwinter, it, like January, February, it really started to be. I really started to be focused on Pelic, and by March, I got the Pelic head, and the rest is history. You really are living Danny's dream out here where, with the uh, the Komarov jersey and the Pelic, uh, not Pelic, uh, Komarov cardboard cutout. That's what Danny wants to aspire it's... to be in life. I'm yeah, lying. yeah. So jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, you got the next question? Of course. So, growing up before it came with the, before Adam Pelic really got thrown into the mix, what memory or what player really defined your fandom growing up? What is a player you think of that you go, oh man, like that's the guy who made me an Islander fan, or this moment is what made me an Islander fan? Like I know for me personally, Kyle Oposo, guys like Matt Molson, Goats, miss them. God, I want them to come back. But that's besides the point. For you, where, what, who were those players or what were those moments? I started watching hockey in like 2006, 2007. I, I, my family is a hockey family, 100%. We, my brother and I, we've played since we were kids. And so it's, it's been part of our blood. My brother was a big Islanders fan. I remember watching games since I was little. I remember names like Bruno Gervais, you know, Andy Hilbert, Jack Hillen, Radek Martinek. Uh, those were kind of the guys that I – we weren't good then. So I would say the first player that like I was like a first favorite of mine. I really loved Franz Nielsen. Uh, I loved him. I loved the, obviously the the backhand of justice and the shootout. He was just a real solid two way player. wasn't you know overly anything. He wasn't overly physical. He wasn't you know the best playmaker in the world. He wasn't the best shooter in the world. But he was always solid, always consistent, always did a job out there. And you know obviously JT was a huge guy in my fandom. I did like a role model report on him. I remember when I was 10. Uh, so, you know, drafting him that night, I remember like my brother coming home just saying we got him and we were, we were super excited, but loved Akpozo too, loved Molson. I loved Parento. I liked Kanopka too. And uh, DP as well. DP was a guy, um, he, my brother was a goalie and, and he was a huge DP fan. And we had my brother's bar mitzvah at the Nassau Coliseum and, DP came to meet us and signed jerseys for us. And I, I still have a, uh, an old, like, white away Islanders jersey that says, like, to Jake, you know, best of luck with whatever, and signed Rick DiPietro. And, and so, yeah, he was an early favorite just because of how, you know, kind he was to, to me and my family. So I remember him. I have, I have fond memories of him from a, you know, fan perspective. So there, there are a couple guys, but definitely Franzi was, like, my first favorite player. Those are definitely some solid picks. All those names really took me back because then I started remembering guys like Mike Sillinger and Jason yeah. Blake and Miroslav Sedan, a bunch of legends there. So I kind of want to shift focus here for a second to the current New York Islanders team that's currently sitting at 5-6-2 and two through 13 games this year. At last in the Metro, always competitive Metro division, obviously. I just want to get your thoughts on this team so far. What are your thoughts on this year's New York Islanders? Are you hitting the panic button yet or... You given the road trip? Are you using the road trip as a little bit of like a slide, or what? What are your current thoughts on this team, and do you see them rebounding from this? And I'm thinking, hopefully, coming home is going to give them some, give them a rebound. Obviously, I was not a panic button guy, <laughs> and then Ryan Polak got hurt, and now I I would say my hands hovering over that button. I used to was I, I would say had the cover on it, wasn't even thinking about it. Now 
you know, our best or second best defenseman, however you want to look at it, is now out. Um, so things are not good right now. Um, you know, they put themselves in a good spot at 5-2-2, two, and two, and they just kind of let the four last four games really slide away. And they're not just losses. They're bad losses. The amount of goals we've let up, it's like it's 5, 4, 4, and 6, which is just so un-Islanders. And that's what concerns me the most right now is how far away it just seems like the kind of hockey we're supposed to play. I mean, we have four goals in the first period yesterday versus Florida. It just looked like I was watching a different team. It just felt so wrong. And, um, you know, yes, a road trip's difficult, but they let a lot of games slip away. They let the national game slip away. They let the game against Columbus slip away. They obviously let Minnesota slip away. You know, watching the New York Islanders, you expect them to go into the lead with the third period. You expect them to defend it and win, you know? It just seems like they've lost a part of themselves. There seem to be personnel issues, and there have always been personnel issues on offense. And now we have personnel issues on defense as well with the same level of personnel issues on offense. The power play issues continue. The penalty kill has not been as good as it normally is. Goaltending is fine as always, but the biggest problem to me is that the Islanders are just playing without their identity right now. And they've shown very little signs of it coming back. And now we face, you know, the the homestand 15 out of the next 21 games will be at UBS. And, um, you know, hopefully they are, they, they, they kill it there. And that's what really they need because they've dug themselves a little bit of a hole. It's way too early to talk about playoffs, way too early to talk about standings. But they have shot themselves in the foot a lot in this, uh, this um, road trip. And as much as I'd like to say it's tough, I mean, it should probably cost you a couple points here and there. But I mean, to get blown out pretty much in four of the last four games, it's really, really just been hard to watch the Islanders as of late. And it hurts. It hurts. They're a big source of my happiness over the last few years. So yeah, I'm not used to this. Yeah, it's obviously tough seeing a guy like Polak go down, especially, um, you know, they had to break up one of the better pairings in the league just to accommodate a player who probably shouldn't even be playing in the NHL anymore. But, you know, we're we're not going to get into that yet. Um what I want to ask you is, and I know a lot of people see the fact that, um, you know, that Pollock went down and a lot of people are thinking, who's going to be the next man up that steps into Pollock's spot? Do you think the Islanders are better off maybe calling up a guy like Robin Sallow from the AHL? Do you think they're better off going to the trade market right now? What, what do you think would be the best course of action while Pollock's on the, uh, on the IR? Yeah, so that's the best way to look at it, that it could be silver lining, could be a blessing in disguise. As you mentioned, that we separated PMP to accommodate Zidane Chara. So hopefully this can bring us an opportunity to phase him out of the lineup and bring back the you know best deep pair in the league when Polak's healthy. I think the best move right now is to you know try to solve from within. Now, Sebastian Ajo, he, he looked better last night than against um, Tampa. So, I mean, we'll probably see more of him. But the best move right now is to bring up Robin Salo. We want the, the money to accrue and to grow by the time of the trade deadline. I think making a trade now severely limits our options. And if Salo is as good as we hope he will be, then perhaps he can become a regular. Polak comes back and there won't be a need for a D-man at the deadline. So I think a, dead, uh, a trade move right now would sort of, I wouldn't hate it, you know, if it's the right guy, but um, I definitely think Salo should be the first move. 
just because we have the luxury of time, we have the luxury of more money going to be incoming by the time of the deadline. So there's no need to restrict our, our moves right now. And so we have to get a, a defenseman right now. Robin Salo is tearing it up in the A right now. And he tore it up in the preseason. So there's very little reason for Robin Salo to not get a, a, at least a few games now in, in the next uh, in the coming stretch. Well, the odds of him playing seem to be pretty low considering he's not 35-plus or a former New Jersey Devil. So, But anyway, Ryan, you're up. He takes care of his guys. Yeah, he, he absolutely. He produces too much offense. We can't have that. <laughs> so when we get closer to the trade deadline, there have been names thrown around like Travis Dermott uh, for potential left-handed defenseman trades. Do you think the Islanders would make a trade for something like that? As in the past, we've also heard uh, possible package deals for Vince Dunn, who I really wanted, not because of my name or anything, mostly because of my name, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Would you think that when we get closer to the deadline, we'd chase more defensemen like that, or do you think we just stick with the defensive pairings that we have now? Say Sam Gerrard. Yeah, Sam Gerrard too, but um, I think it would be a very, very dangerous move if we went into the playoffs or tried to keep going with the D pairings we have now. They're clearly not working. I mean, we haven't seen the Islanders like this since Doug Waite. Like, obviously, this is not the move right now, and it couldn't be more obvious and. I find it hard to believe that our coach can't see it. I mean, we you you're separating, you know, the 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 best thing you had going in Pelican Pollock the last few years, you know, for a 44-year-old defenseman who can hardly keep up most nights. So, yeah, that's the that's what bugs me the most is that we've now kind of have to say that do we fix our offense problem or do we fix our defense problem? We never really had a defense problem under Barry Trotz. I think um, I think it depends on what happens with Salo and Aho. Um, I don't see a ton in Aho and him being kind of the guy. Um, Dobson obviously needs to start playing better because I mean they talked about at the beginning of the season Dobson being the Letty replacement, which never made sense to me. Dobson was the Taze replacement because he was here last year. Let we didn't replace Letty. Trading Letty was fine, but not replacing him was dumb. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, there have been, like you said, Dermot wouldn't be bad. Gerard would be good. He's, he's a good puck-moving defenseman, which is exactly what we need. We, got, we need guys that can transport the puck. I mean, you look at our blue line right now, you know, guys like Pollock and Pellock, they can try their best to move the puck, uh, you know, but they're not transition guys always. So our transition game is significantly weaker without Taze and without Letty. So we get very little offense coming from the blue line. You know, Dobson has like four assists, and that's about it. Mayfield's got a goal, which didn't even go off him last. You know, Pollock has like a couple assists. Pellick has a couple assists. You know, it's just a black hole when it comes to offense on our blue line. So I think you go with that first, and you hope this forward group is enough to, to get you to the playoffs and get you deep into the playoffs. I don't know if I see it. There's not a lot of offense being created. By, you know, the, the forwards, the guys who are, you know, paid to score goals and record points. There's just seems like a lot of the same guys out there doing the same things and not a lot of creativity. So and it, it's tough to play, uh, you know, 200 foot hockey all the time, and especially when you just dump and chase all the time. And it's just like I said, there's very little creativity outside Matt Barzell right now. The fourth line looks dead. <laughs> so there's not a lot to be positive about. I do think you go. The first priority should be fixing the defense. Defense is the bread and butter of the New York Islanders. So whether that's hopefully improving from within or getting a Dermot, getting a Dunn, getting um, Samuel Girard, whoever it might be, Hampus Lindholm, I've heard too. 
whoever it might be, defense first, always for the Islanders. Well, one thing there actually is to be positive about right now is the fact that when we're recording this, this is Wednesday night when we're recording this. Obviously, we have a brand new arena opening in just a few days on Saturday. I just want to get like your thoughts on it. Like, What has you most excited about this arena and the fact that we finally have a place that we can permanently call home? for the foreseeable future. Just how, just your thoughts on everything that's going to be happening in the next couple of days here. I'm most excited about the Pelly Posse outing on January 21st. But uh, other than that, I, yeah, it's great to have a place to call home. And, you know, I grew up with the Coliseum and I, uh, I was talking to sign guy, Patrick Dowd, who's just the best. He's a big figure in the Islanders community and he goes to every game, and if you haven't met him and you're an Islanders fan, you should go up and meet him. He's one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Um, I was talking about the new arena and how I kind of felt like had that kind of bittersweet feeling like, yes, it's awesome. It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be you – know, the sight lines are obviously great, just like the Coliseum. Ceiling's low. It's going to be loud. It's going to be what we want it to be. But it's not home, I was saying. You know, it's not uh, – you know, it's not the Coliseum, it's not the place I grew up in, it's not the place I was at the last game at, you know, both times, the old and the new. So I was saying that to him, and he was like, well, it's our job to make it home, and it's going to be home, and I personally believe it's even better. And that's a guy who who walked into the Nassau Coliseum when it was still being constructed in the 1970s, and he's saying he's, you know, he believes that it's going to be, the, that UBS is going to be just as much, if not more, of a home than the barn was. So. It's good to uh, it's good to hear that kind of stuff. It kind of got me feeling that way too. And you know, it'd be great to to bring it in with some Stanley Cups, just like we did with the Coliseum. Uh, hopefully, a little sooner though, because we we are in theory cup contenders right now, and that's what would really uh, that's what I'm really most excited about. Hopefully, some deep playoff runs in that building. Do you think you're going to be able to get your own section like the Orange and Blue Army has developed instead of the three two nine, maybe like the Pelic Posse section? That would be pretty cool. I don't know if if that would happen. Um, it's just tough because I don't have seasons or anything, and I'm not. Uh, I can't always be at every game. I work a lot of nights, so that would be the toughest part about that. Um, but as long as we get our couple of outings and uh, more and more people are carried around the Pelic heads, there will always be the Pelic posse at every game, which is all I can ask for. So. Jake, I think this has to be asked, and for the sake of privacy, I won't mention the uh, the team name of the league, but I understand you play hockey outside of, you know, just like in your free time. I have to ask you, do you play like Adam Pellick? Like, do you try and model your game after Pelly? If not, who would you say you compare yourself to? Like, most people compare me to Patty Line because I'm good-looking and I play Fortnite, so... It's definitely because I don't back check it all. All right, the, uh, all right, all right. It's not the right shot. Fortnite, calm down. Yeah, Carter, where were you when I played goalie for you, man? Uh, oh, okay, all right. Call Ryan one time to fill in. That's not happening again. Called oh. in your emergency backup, and then you... Do we like that? Uh, you're like fourth string at best, easy. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm joining the Hofstra Roller hockey team, though, so let's go, baby. <laughs> oh, nice. Good luck. Good luck. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Can't wait to get blown out every game. I know their ice hockey team doesn't isn't doing too well either, but uh, not at the moment. My roommate's on the hockey team, and he just come, he just does not like it at all. He's not a fan yeah. of what's going on. It's tough. It's tough. I have a couple of buddies on that team as well, but um, Stony Brook's at least doing well. Our D one team is just killing it right now. But um, yeah, when I play, um, 
I'm not a defenseman, so it's ironic that a lot of my favorite players are defensemen, but I'm not a defenseman. I, I play center. Um, I don't. I, I guess my I would I would say I'm a pretty responsible player. Defense first, center. Um, when I play like in like more like upper divisions and stuff, I, I definitely play more defensive. When I play in lower divisions, I can be a little more comfortable offensively. Um, I guess my best comparison would be playoff Pajot. Maybe the distinction with regular season Pajot, because regular season Pajot is killing me right now. Um, just I play the penalty kill, you know, focus on two-way game, and most of my goals are scored within a couple feet of the crease. So I guess uh, JG Pajot is my guy as far as player comparable. I mean, I have to, I have to ask this. I mean, have you personally had any interaction with Adam Pellick or anybody close to Adam Pellick? Because you mentioned earlier the cards and stuff that you guys have done for him, and obviously everything that the brand is has like done to promote Pellick and stuff. Has he ever reached out to you, or anybody ever close to him reach out to you, or any kind of communication with the Pellick? No pun intended, I guess the Pellick posse. Uh, yeah, um, not a ton with Pelly himself, but his family and I talk actually a pretty decent amount. I get a lot of messages from those guys, and um, he has such a nice family, great people. I've talked to his fiance on a number of occasions. His brothers are both hockey players. Most of them were NHL players, and we've talked. A lot of his buddies reach out to me. You know, one guy, you know, him and I talk pretty often. So, um, yeah, uh, Pelly himself, though. Uh, he sent me actually a birthday card a couple, uh, a couple years ago in 2019, right before he got hurt. He sent me a, a player card that said to bathtub Jake and signed it from him and he sent me a, uh, a fisherman hat autographed by him as well, which was, which was really nice, really cool. Um, and that was, yeah, that was really sweet. He's a good dude, just very quiet, um, very reserved and very humble. So. He's probably not 100% used to it. Guys just going crazy for every little thing he does. But he knows he has a posse. And, and obviously someone I posted on my story yesterday, someone brought a sign to Florida. And he was appreciative of that. So he definitely loves the support. And yeah, his family's all great people. They've been so nice to me and so appreciative to me. And uh, I'm obviously very appreciative of them and, and Adam and, and all you know the kindness they've shown me. And this is just, I think it's been fun for everybody. It's been a very positive thing for everybody. So yeah, yeah, good people. Um, hopefully, we'll get to to meet the man one day and uh, talk to him officially about what he thinks about the Pelic Posse. Outside of the Pelic Posse, what are you specifically looking to do in terms of? I guess I'd say in a weird way, kind of like a future. Are you looking to be like a correspondent for the team, a commentator? What is next for Bathtub Jake? I guess you. The the dream is sports broadcasting. It's a tough field, and um, you know, there's if everybody uh everybody who wanted to do it could do it, they would. So it's certainly a saturated market. Um, I currently do the play by play for the radio station for the uh, Stony Brook Seawolves hockey team. Um, I'll be on the call tomorrow night, in fact, or Thursday, no, Friday night, in fact. Um, I uh. I am part of the sports department at the radio station. Um, I host shows where I talk a lot about hockey, but, you know, sports in general. So um, the goal is to be a sports reporter, sports broadcaster in some capacity. I would love to do play-by-play play play as a career. I understand it's very difficult. My brother does it. Um, and finding work is not always very easy. But uh, 
I believe that uh, there's a lot more risk in not chasing a dream than chasing it. So uh, I'm going to hopefully do that one day, but I'm studying journalism. And if I have to write, I'll write. But uh, I definitely prefer talk. So, Jake, for my last question anyway, I don't know if uh, if either of these two have anything written down, but I'll kind of hand the keys over to you for this one. If you had to say one thing to Adam Pellick and the entire Pellick posse, what do you think you would say? Wow, that's a big one. Um, man, uh, I mean, I, I definitely would I would actually want to ask Pelly, you know, how this has impacted him, you know, what he hears about it. You know, if it's become like, you know, kind of like a household conversation for him and what what's changed, you know, his perspective about the fan base in regards to it. And as far as the the fans go, the public policy itself, you know, just I would obviously thank you is 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 an understatement and, you know, stick around. We actually we have, a, you know, it's going to be a long ride, hopefully, and a lot of fun things planned. And we want to do more and more with everybody and and, and get as many people as possible as part of this. So. Yeah, those those are those are it. Uh, that was a good question. Uh, one that I had to think about quickly. So um, yeah, I, I'd love to just you know talk with Adam about what what impact it's had on his life primarily. I honestly thought Carter was going to set up some type of Oprah or Ellen type deal where he's like, "Well, what would you want to say to him?" Because he's here right now, and he just randomly joins the call. And all of a yes. sudden he's here. That was the plan all along. We have Adam Pellick on our Discord. So <laughs> Pellick's on the, the line. Pellick, go ahead. You're talking with bathtub, Jake. <laughs> Had to ruin it. We can't keep a surprise around here. Unfortunate. I just, I love surprises. So, very Jake, I think the last question here before we let you go is what what's next for you? Besides, you mentioned the outing. I know you got a ton of merch going to promote the brand. Like, what what's next for the brand as a whole? Not not just bathtub, Jake, as a person, but for the whole umbrella of bathtub, Jake. What what do you got in the works? I know you said you got some stuff upcoming. Anything you could possibly share with us here, or uh, just any hints to what could be coming next for you guys? There's a four stripes exclusive. There, yeah, uh, a pretty great. Uh, I did a pretty great guest work on a podcast, so that's upcoming. Um, but at, there's going to be a new Christmas song coming. Um, I'll, I'll give the insight here. It's going to be called Jingle Pell Rock. So get excited about that. Um, well, let's and go. we're hoping to do a second outing. Actually, we've transferred all the tickets for this one, which took like four hours. It was crazy. So now that we have that done, we're we're trying to get a second outing going because of how many people we talked to that couldn't make it. And from there, we'll see. Um, you know, I have guys that I talk to, and we have. Um, we play uh, different ideas off of each other and we know we have uh, some big fans of the Pelic Posse in the Islanders community so we're hoping the Pelic Posse outing can be a big step forward in terms of what we're trying to do here and get a lot of attention towards us we're hoping to get one of those MSG shorts we've we've been in contact with some people about that so we're hoping to get an MSG short Um, and yeah that's really all I can think about right now um, but hopefully the outing will kind of be the uh, launch point for something, you know, some more very big things. Home outing, road outing, possibly. Oh, road so outing. We could uh, take a visit to Leo Kamarov, see how he's doing. Uh, the yeah. <laughs> Dude, Jake, we can't thank you enough for your time, man. Thank you for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. And uh, nothing but the best to uh, to you and the brand. And uh, we love we love seeing your stuff on Instagram. Everyone, if you don't already, for whatever reason, make sure you go check them out on socials at Bathtub Jake. And dude, like we said, can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, you're always welcome on the show anytime you want. Tell Posse for life, baby. 
to you guys. You guys are great. I appreciate the kind words. Really, just w- was very great. And uh, yeah, LGI as always. That that's that's all we got right now. So LGI, send it back to the boys. We'll wrap up this show. And uh, hey, thanks again, brother. That was Bathtub Jake coming at you on the Four Stripes on Ice podcast. Just want to go ahead and extend a big thank you out to him, not only for that interview, but for actually letting me interview him for a piece that I wrote as well. For those of you who don't know, um, I actually was able to write a piece on the growth of the Pelic Posse for Isles blog. So yeah, if you guys want to go ahead and check that out as well, if you go on Google and look up Isles blog Pelic Posse, that should be one of the first links that comes up. So, yeah, just want to go ahead and thank Bathtub Jake for not only um, allowing me to interview him for my article, but allowing us to interview him for our podcast. That was actually the first interview that we've ever had on here. So um, definitely kicking it off with Bathtub Jake was a big success in our minds. And there's no other person that we would have really wanted to start this off with. So thanks again to him for coming on. Also, if you guys have anybody else that you would want us to maybe reach out to for a future interview, you can go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at four stripes on ice. Our DMS are always open. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, going to do it for this episode of the four stripes on ice podcast. We know we've only been posting a very limited amount, but we, you know, I know you've heard this excuse before we're all working, we're all going to school full time, but we really do want to try and pump out more content for you guys. So be on the lookout for that. I know Ryan, I believe is going to UBS arena on the 21st against the Leafs. Um, Danny's going on Black Friday against Pittsburgh. I'll be there pretty much all the time. I, I'm a season ticket holder, fortunately enough. So by the end of next week, we'll all be able to kind of give you our own unique thoughts on UBS Arena and just how amazing it truly is. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for any future interviews. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much going to do it here. So guys, one last, uh, one last promotion I kind of want to do. If you haven't followed Bathtub Jake on Instagram, what are you doing? Go follow him now at Bathtub Jake. Go uh, do yourself a favor. Pick yourself up some Pelic Posse merch. Rep the Posse. Rep not only the best defenseman in New York, but the best defensive defenseman the league has to offer right now. Um, yeah, and also go follow us on social media. Our Twitter is at, um, I want to say it's Four Stripes Pod. And then our Instagram is at Four Stripes on Ice. So if you want the latest in anything and everything uh, going on with the Islanders, be sure to go follow us on there. So yeah, that's going to do it for me here. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we will see you next time. Peace.